You're listening to the Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards podcast, featuring interviews with your favorite speculative fiction authors. We'll be discussing their books, their fandoms, and their writing processes. So sit back and enjoy episode 7.5, a continuation of our discussion and recap of Star Wars The Force Awakens, with your hosts Aaron, Josh, and Liberty. Welcome back to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. I'm one of your hosts, Liberty Spidell, and this is just a brief introduction to our episode today. And if you haven't already listened to episode 7, we highly recommend that you go listen to that before you listen to episode 7.5, as it will make a lot more sense, and we literally broke our conversation in the middle of the podcast recording to uh, shorten it up and make it easier for you to listen on your drive time. So if you have not listened to episode seven yet, go back and listen to that one first and then come back and listen to this one and we will be picking up right where you left off at the end of episode seven. Thanks and here's the show. Okay. <clears throat> so what what next? Um, probably my biggest issue with the movie on a whole isn't it with the movie, but with what fans are saying to each other. Mm. Mostly you have two groups of Star Wars fans with, with this movie. There are people, this movie is the worst movie ever, and if you disagree with me, you're an idiot. And then there's the other group of Star Wars fans, this movie is the best Star Wars movie ever, and if you disagree with me, you're the idiot. And... Mm-hmm. There's this whole fight about, like, for example, the Huffington Post part of the, posted that article, 40 potholes in Star Wars, and they were really nice and kind about it, and they didn't call anybody names. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then somebody replied to the Huffington Post's article, refute, supposedly refuting every pothole. Every one of his refutations was uh, either personal opinion, well, it could have been, or, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, well, according to the novel, or Star Wars Aftermath, or a game, or one of the other tie-in theories, it gives you this information, and that fills in the pothole. It's like, okay. well, that's true, but it doesn't mean it's a pothole for the movie itself. I've already ranted on that. And the the worst thing for me about that Refutation article was, he went on at the end at the end of refuting, quote-unquote, refuting every pothole that was listed, he went on for a paragraph or two about how stupid you were and how much an idiot you were if you didn't, you know, blankety blank blank agree with him. If you thought this movie wasn't the best thing ever, I'm I'm exaggerating and using hyperbole a little bit to get my point across there. But he did go on for quite a while about, you know, well you're an idiot if you think this movie. Ad hominem attacks. And it's like I don't understand why people can't like the movie. Like I really liked this movie. I really enjoyed it but I did think there were some problems with it. I didn't think it was perfect. Well, And I don't see any problem with having a middle ground approach like that. Mm-hmm. There are shades of gray. There, But that's one of the things, I'm going to get off on a mini rant here, and Liberty can just go ahead and delete this. <laughs> that's kind of one of the problems and indicators of problems with society as a whole right now. We see the same problem with politics. You're either a Republican or a Democrat, and according to whichever one you are, the other side is evil and an idiot. You're either deeply religious or an atheist, and you're an idiot if you're wrong or right or whatnot on there. And you see this whole attitude throughout all of society these days. And yet we wonder why we can't all get along 
why it's why society is so polarized and why we can't just listen to people with different opinions and still work together. And I think this attitude about this movie is kind of a illustration of that point. Yeah. Hmm. You know, you make and that's one of the things that I hated the most about this movie is getting the, the fan reaction like that. So, okay. okay. You know, I I definitely agree with you because, you know, I went in and I was hopeful about this movie. I had heard so much about it. I'd been looking forward to it so much. I w- and ironically, about uh, two weeks ago, I was going through my Facebook on this day thing, and I it, it ran across the announcement that Disney was going to be making a new Star Wars movie, and that was, like, what, four years ago or something like that? Something like that, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I remember thinking, okay, well, I'm not sure about this. So, you know, as the news came out that they had, you know, attached all the original casts to it, that they had gotten J.J. Abrams, you know, I was cautiously optimistic. That, well, that was a uh, big okay. red flag for me, J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. That's another rant, though. I... <laughs> I don't like him as a director. I think he makes he makes some very good choices, but he also makes some very poor choices. And well, we know how you feel I think about. He has Star no Trek. sense of subtlety, and yeah, exactly. So, well, you know, I I remember but just that's going another through, rant. Yeah, <laughs> I just remember going through, you know, over the last four years when they announced that they were going to do another Star Wars. You know, I cautiously became more and more optimistic that, okay, maybe this will actually work and maybe it won't be as bad as the prequels or as, you know, yeah, anyway. So, you know, I was guarded when I went into the theater. I was excited to see it. I I mean, I was so excited to see the original cast back on the screen. That was probably the only, mm-hmm. the main reason I went to the theater to see it in the first place. But, you know, I wasn't overwhelmed. I, I I cried a little bit when the opening crawl came on, but and I laughed in at all the appropriate places. But I wasn't overwhelmed by the movie. I wasn't underwhelmed by the movie either. And I think with what they had to do, I think they did a fairly decent job. Yeah. They could have done better. They could have done far far worse. Yeah. So far worse. They could have gone with some of the uh, fan theories before the movie. What was that, Josh? I said cough, prequels, cough. (laughs) I don't think the prequels were as bad as most people seem to think they were, but... Yeah, I think they get a bad rep. I think they get a bad rep, just, I mean, there's Jar Jar, and, you know, I have to be honest, when the first... There is some wooden acting. When they originally came out, I was a Jar Jar fan. I mean, I'm sitting on a freaking Jar Jar pillow that I've had since (laughs) I was... Let's see, when the the first one came out in 99, so, you know, my late teens. Yeah. I don't don't think Jar Jar is as bad as everybody says either. He's actually quite funny, and if Mm -hmm. has everybody seen the uh, Darth Jar Jar fan theory? Yeah, and I actually, I think there's a lot. The Jar 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 is actually a secret Sith Lord, for anybody Mm -hmm. who hasn't heard that. I think think that article makes some really good points without it. First of all, I don't think he's really a Sith, but the article in Fan Theory still makes some points that he is more integral to the story than we think from a dark side perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think Lucas kind of didn't have the guts to go through and uh, 
follow through with that like you should have. Well, I think a lot of it was how Jar Jar was reacted to after the first episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, everybody hates Jar Jar. I guess I have to, too, is a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the character is overdone. The character is funny, and he's critical to some aspects of the plot, but again, he's overdone. Everything in the prequels is kind of that way, too. Like, for example, the, uh, the scene in Attack of the Clones where they're in the battle and 3 is cracking puns. And, you know, the mm-hmm. first one's funny, and the second one's not funny. By the 15th pun in a row, you're kind of going, all right, already, somebody shoot him. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same thing with Jar Jar. He's, Jar Jar is full Jar Jar all the time, and if he, if, if they would have toned that down just a little bit, I don't think people would hate him as much as they do. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's just a little bit, even. Well, I think... If we're going to go back and talk about the prequels for a minute, I mean... Why he not? Was played, he was played as a fool. I mean, after... Yeah. The the whole the whole time, he was just played as a fool, and they could have done better with the character, and who knows why they didn't. Well, pretty much, if they kept the character the exact same as he was, but cut, cut half the gags out, mm-hmm. and follow yeah. up with that, uh, there's some, some sort of a thread linking Jar Jar and Palpatine, Mm-hmm. And they kind of mm-hmm. sort of kept that in, what with Jar Jar being the one who actually did go to give Palpatine emergency powers. Mm-hmm. If they'd have followed through that and given that whole arc a little bit more follow-through, mm-hmm. it would have worked a lot better, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's get back to episode seven. <laughs> All right. Wait, this That's... is episode seven. It is episode yeah. seven for us. So we. It's like we planned that. I know. <laughs> sure, yeah, why not? <laughs> now, right, anyway, before we got off on our tangent, Liberty was say, saying how she felt going to the theater. That was, When I went into the theater to see the movie, it was primarily with a hopeful attitude, but like I said, also I was somewhat weary because of the, who the director was. Mm-hmm. And it, my overall feeling upon immediately exiting the theater was mostly disappointment. I mean, there were a lot of good areas. Everything with Harrison Ford, every scene with Harrison Ford in it was excellent. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they did that character was great. All the new characters were really well done. Mm-hmm. It's just, like I said, some of the uh, odd elements that I didn't like, a couple of the things that we've already covered. So all overall, my... Uh, I was slightly disappointed. I still liked it, but well, I liked it, but it wasn't as good as it could have been with a couple minor tweaks, mm-hmm. and it didn't live up to what I'd expected. But you know, again, you have what, however many years since Return of the Jedi? Mm-hmm. That was what You have all so. those years of hopes and dreams building up. You know, there's not really any way that you can beat those expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but after letting all that percolate for a bit, like like Josh mentioned with the finding the lightsaber scene, there's a lot of those elements or scenes in the movie that there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And after you've processed a lot of that for a couple of week, days, weeks, and especially for me, going through, reading all the spoilers, reading all the stuff that fills in some of the potholes that 
oh, okay, it is in the plot hole because, oh, but that wasn't explained in the movie, but now that I know that information, the whole rest of the movie made more sense. Mm-hmm. I, I like the movie better after pondering and absorbing all that information. Right. And I really think that they've really got it set up to be added on to the next two movies coming out. Mm-hmm. And I think after watching, I, I really think that you like the, a Force Awake, the Force Awakens a lot more after seeing episodes eight and nine. Mm-hmm. So the way the movie like, it, like it as a whole rather than just the, the, the piecemeal. Yeah, well, this is another, this is another rant, but uh, the, the the I see this a lot in book trilogies these days. There's there's two ways to write a trilogy. Well, three if you combine methods one and two. The first method to write a trilogy is you write three standalone stories with overarching themes that link them all together, but you can still read any individual book mm-hmm. on its own and still get a complete story. So at the end of the yeah. trilogy, you get four stories. You get story one, story three, and then the story that comes from reading all three together. Mm-hmm. That's method one of writing, reading a trilogy. The second method is the way Tolkien did it. So I see this in almost every indie and small press fantasy I've read in the past five years, and that is write one big book, chop it into three parts, and sell mm-hmm. it as three different books. Yeah. I hate that. And the reason I hate that is because the end book, the end of book one reads like Frodo will reach you out and toss the ring. Toss the ring where? What do you mean the end? <laughs> but when you read that, but when you take that and you read that as a whole, and you read books one, two, and three back to back as they were meant to be read as a whole story you get a really good story with a lot more depth because you've had a lot more time to fill all that stuff out. But the downside to that is you get one story instead of four. Mm -hmm. And you can't read any one individual book out of that trilogy individually. You have to read them as a whole. Right. So, I mean, there are some upsides and downsides to each of them. But I don't like that because you only get the one story instead of the four. And... I think a lot of the fantasy writers are doing it that way because that's really fantasies have to be read written because that's the way Tolkien wrote them. No, mm-hmm. Tolkien did not write that. Tolkien wrote one book and his publisher said it is not physically possible to publish this larger book. We have to split it up into the three. Mm-hmm. Yep. But hey. you know we're getting into the rant portion there. So, and I think that's what we've got with the Force Awakens here. We don't have an independent standalone movie. We have three movies that are really going to be one movie. And once we've watched all three, I think I will like The Force Awakens a lot more because of that reason. Mm-hmm. And you, guys, you guys? The, the... Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> No, you go first. No, you go first. Anybody got a coin? <laughs> yes. I... Yep. How about... I'll just go this time. So, um, I... I honestly think that there Tales. was a beginning, <laughs> middle, and an end on this story. I think there are tendrils that will be fulfilled in episode 8 and episode 9. But to me, maybe I'm looking at this from a slightly different angle just because of 
where I come from in the writing community. But I kind of felt like that there was a beginning, a middle, and an end. There's, it's not a solid end. It's not a brick wall for by any means. There is potential for the story to continue as we know it will, because it's coming out in 2017. But I, I. To me, it felt like it was a complete story arc. So, well, and part of that is it depends on uh, how you're looking at the film. If you're looking at this as a film about Han Solo, Han Solo had a complete story arc in the film. Um, and Ray and Finn, as their individual story, had a complete uh, arc. Um, we we got nothing from Luke. We got. And that, I think that's what a lot of my problem is, is again, if you went to this movie to find out what happened in the 30 years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, maybe one of those billion questions has been answered with this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that. Um, I, I am more in agreement with Liberty that there are threads out there that have not been answered, but... Um, there was a beginning and min- a middle and end. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what the next two movies... Well, okay. The the next movie is going to be like two. There's going to be a beginning, mini- middle, end. They're going to continue those. Uh, so I would say it's actually like a hybrid between mm-hmm. the four stories, as it were, and the one story chopped into three. Um, well, which, all, which any story you get is going to be a bit of a hybrid because, you know, those are extreme examples that, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, I I think we should probably go and tackle the thing that's out there that this is a derivative of the original. Yeah. Well, yes to no there. I mean, for example, I'm going to play a game on my uh, blog called Which Star Wars Movie Is It? <laughs> you were uh, with us, right? Yes. This, uh, this Star Wars movie starts out on a desert planet. The main character is an orphan <laughs> who doesn't know who their parents are. And you can go on and on and on, you know. There's a giant planet-destroying super weapon that an X-wing has to fly through a narrow trench to hit the vulnerability destroy. I mean, you can go on and on and on with these things. Mm-hmm. It was basically a retelling of a New Hope with with new elements added in. I mean, mm-hmm. I, again, I use hyperbole because it's not a retelling of New Hope. It's not a reboot. I would not say that, but you do get this feeling of. Haven't I seen this gen this plot before? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are new plot elements added in. We get some new characters. There are new things going forward. Mm-hmm. But I and mean, there are an awfully lot of plot similarities yeah. in a row. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, even for me, who I tried to go in with as blank a slate as I possibly could with this movie. I mean, keeping all of the previous six movies in my head, but trying to leave everything else at the door when I walked in. You know, I was sitting there going, okay, well, they pulled that from A New Hope, and they pulled that, okay, I can kind of see that from Empire. And, you know, then there was the prequels, which I haven't seen as often as I have the original. So. Well, they haven't been out as long. I mean, even if you're watching 
rewatching them all every day, you know. Well, it's not so much that. It's just I didn't enjoy them as much. So I've not really made myself go back and watch them as often as I'm willing to watch, you know, episodes four, five, and six. Especially five, because five is my favorite. Now, see, I liked four the best. Yeah. <laughs> well, either the fourth one or the third one, depend or the first one, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah. I... I agree that there were a lot of similarities, um, but I'm going to go on a little rant now. <laughs> um, you, you're going to find that happens a lot in Hollywood, and unfortunately a lot in um, novels as well, where mm -hmm. you jump on the popularity bandwagon, or the fans clamor for more, so you take what's been done before and you kind of mess with the formula some. Mm -hmm. um, but even if that, even looking at it from that perspective, I think it was a good homage. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely was, and I'm not saying I'm being critical of it. I'm just like, oh, well, there's these elements here. So yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it was the homage taken to the nth degree, kind of like Jar Jar was funny taken mm -hmm. too far. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, like, for example, um, the line about when they when they uh, arrest Captain Phasma and what are we going to do with her? Hey, you guys got a trash compactor? That is a perfect reference to a previous movie without directly ripping anything off. Right. Yeah. But when they do it over and over and over and over and over again, you know, like I said, you know, you got main character on a desert planet is an orphan, runs off with an older mentor character, their ship gets tractored into a hangar bay that they have to escape, I mean, you, and you can go on and on yeah. and on like that. It just kind of gets, each one individually isn't a problem. It's when you take them all together, it's like, okay, this is a good movie, but maybe they're trying too hard to reference the older movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, don't get me wrong, in spite of that, I did like the movie. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. And at least when, uh, you know, Ray and Finn got tractored in. It wasn't into um, the First Order ship. It was into Han yeah. and Chewie's ship. And they did mix it up yes. a lot like that, yeah. And you have some now, new concept stuff being introduced with the new main characters. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really did like... Um, Finn was kind of the wild card. Mm -hmm. um, and I like that they did bring him in. Um, and that did break up a lot of the monotony. And you saw, wait, there's something different about these stormtroopers, obviously. Um, you know. They're definitely uh, different than in the Clone Wars, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's probably one of those things that you consider a plot hole, Aaron. Have either of you guys seen Star Wars Rebels? I have not. Mm -mm. Oh, you should. There, there's a line in there where the guy, where the characters have to go back to find Captain Rex, who was the main character, one of the main characters in the Clone Wars TV series, mm -hmm. and they meet up with him, and then the stormtroopers are chasing him down, and he, he has a line that I can't remember exactly how it goes. Well, if these stormtroopers are the best the Empire has to offer, you know, they blows them all away or something like that. <laughs> it was really good. Huh. That's that's one of the things that uh, that that was initially one of my first problems. Uh, 
let's back up in time to a bit when the very first trailer for The Force Awakens came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody accused every Star Wars fan of being racist because they're ranting about a stormtrooper not being able to be black. They must be racist. It's like, no, the reason people are ranting about this is because it's previously established that all the stormtroopers are clones. Right. Up until, up until um, really, Rebels and The Force Awakens and all of that stuff, the clone troopers were canon clones, and mm-hmm. it kind of was assumed that the stormtroopers were just the clone troopers in new armor. And then in Star Wars Rebels, they got on that they're retiring the clones and recruiting people for stormtroopers, mainly to in, in order to exert control. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. what do you want people to do? You want to join up to the Empire where we can indoctrinate you and we get you. That's the, the whole purpose of having a uniform is to get group think and be able to control people. And right. that fit in pretty perfectly with what Palpatine has been trying to do all along. And yeah. but but the problem is is that that plot line in Star Wars Rebels came up after the first Force Awakening trailer where everybody was assuming while well, the stormtroopers are all clones, right? Well, right. they're not. Problem cleared yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And Which, you know, another then, example of uh, uh, movie tie-in stuff that shouldn't be necessary to explain a main plot point. But anyway, well, we've I mean, done that. Finn, Finn does go in and explain it. So I mean, once the fans yeah. get into the movie, I mean, exactly, I mean, yeah. they did he a good says, job. Yeah, I mean, he, he mentions he the away from his family. family. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't possible to explain that in a trailer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, well, why would you in a trailer? That's exactly. not the point of a trailer. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we've kind of covered all of our bases. Okay. I thought I had something else, and I should have written it down when it popped up in my head a few minutes ago, but I, I forgot. So, um... So where do we think it's going for episode eight? I mean, well, if, if, you had, if you had to make a prediction for the plot in episode eight, what would you say it would be? Hmm. I'm going to say that the in the 30-year gap between Return of the Jedi and the Force of the Incans, we find out that Luke has seriously and permanently damaged his lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> That's the no dialogue. <laughs> it explains everything. <laughs> Breathe in, giggle out. I'm trying. <laughs> On a serious note, I think we're going to actually find out, or at least I, I hope they won't, won't drag the issue of Ray's parentage out till. Until episode nine, I hope they'll explain it, or at least explain part of that in the next episode. Mm-hmm. I also hope that they will explain the biggest plot hole to me is how is Ray suddenly so strong in the Force, and how is she able to do all the stuff that even trained Jedi, even highly trained Jedi, have trouble with. Mm-hmm. I hope they'll at least try and explain that somehow, and I mm-hmm. think they're gonna. They set up, they they set it up for it. Mm-hmm. If they don't, it'll be a crime chain. Right. Uh, I hope we get more backstory about where this where Luke's lightsaber was. It's not really necessary, but as a tech geek, yeah. I like to know. 
it sure would be nice, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm the kind of guy who would enjoy the whole story about the technology, technology and who cares about all the political crap, but, you know, <laughs> anyway, that's, that's another purely personal preference on my part. All right. I think we're going to see Ray flirting with the dark side because, again, that that's one of my personal theories is that that is how she was able to uh, defeat Kylo Ren. So, yeah. Could be. Um, I think we're going that to is see a, that. That is a consistency theme that we've seen through Star Wars, too. So. Right. Yeah. I think that Finn was one of those that was awakened, and that's part of the reason why he broke away from mm -hmm. um, the, the conditioning of the stormtroopers is that the Force awakened awoke in him. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're going to find out the identity of Snoke. Mm -hmm. um, Please don't let it be something stupid like he's Darth Vader or Palpatine recloned. Because that that's, that, that, that's one of the parts of the expanded universe that deserve to die. Uh-huh. Well, uh, I think one of my friends on my Facebook page, and I think it might have been one of our Realm Makers alumni, uh, suggested that they really hope that Smoke is the size of a Smurf when it comes out. That would be hilarious. <laughs> it would. That, yes. Um, I agree. <laughs> I also think we're going to find out the uh, Ma uh, Maz's origins. I hope so. I, I mean... I kind of went and had a fangirl moment on, on Maz earlier, but it sure would be nice because she was a fun character. I enjoyed yeah. the time that she was on screen, and it would be kind of cool to see some of that, not so much dark and not so much light, but kind of the shady part of yeah. of the galaxy to see what goes on there and maybe get a clue more of a clue of what Han and Chewie have been up to the last 30-odd years. Has anybody seen that uh, comic with uh, Chewie raising baby Ben and, and playing yes. with him and back when he's mm -hmm. crying and, and then he can't shoot him because he's helped raise him? And that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that it's, really hard to describe. it's really It's really a visual thing. But, uh -huh. yeah. Yes. It hit uh -huh. me in the When we post this, I'll have to put the link to that in the... Uh, Notes. Or just have, have you, in our notes. <laughs> yes. Uh, have you seen the 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 theory that Maz is actually a Jawa that's uh, been all through the entire series? I have not. I've seen, seen that. that. And, uh, I, I I saw that just today actually, and I thought, well, maybe. See, I but need if to go back that, if that would have put in, it would have been nice to have one character at least, you know, kind of, kind of comment about her smell or wave her nose or something, you know, mm -hmm. you're going about, you know, smelly creatures. Yeah. All right. We interrupted the I, I think that'd be neat, but I don't think there's any evidence for it other than she's short, but, you know, there's a bajillion <laughs> short races, so. Right, so. Um... I think for me, what I hope they do in episode eight and to an extent nine, um, I'd like to see more of Leia, obviously. And, you know, this is coming from the girl in the group. You know, I'd like to see what she's done. And I honestly would like to see how she handles Han's death. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, because. That's a nice follow up. Um, mm -hmm. Prediction on my part is that we're going to push. Leia to the background and really bring Ray to the foreground, though. And I agree with you on that. Um, 
I think that this the story is definitely more raised than Leia's, but it would be nice to see. Um, it would be, yeah. And you know, I'd I'd like to kind of see a little bit more about what, and obviously this is the between the part, not after seven. I'd like to see more about why Han and Leia broke apart. I mean, yeah. obviously it was because of Ben, but, um, hmm. you know, you could oh, tell... Oh, there's that, another mini rant right there. Yeah, cool. you could tell that there was still love between them, and, you know, me being a, a romantic and getting off on that kind of thing, you know, it just... It, it, it made me sad, that part, because I had really hoped yes. for more of, you know, their relationship, because they've had 40 mm-hmm. years. And yeah. so uh, for that, I I, I kind of wish that they would follow up a little bit on that, because it'd be nice to kind of have, a, have some of those holes filled in, since all yeah, of the yeah. that we have read up to this point are apparently not canon anymore. <laughs> Which sucks. Yes. Well, partly yes and partly no. Fifty percent of the Star Wars, well, no, forty-nine percent of the Star Wars books that are out there in the expanded universe are incredibly awesome books. Forty-nine mm-hmm. percent of them are the worst trash you've ever read. Mm-hmm. Period, including fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And the other two percent are average. Right. And I think you hinted at that with came last week on the other broadcast mm-hmm. in episode five or six. I can't remember. Um, and I've only read a handful of the Star Wars books, but the few that I have have been centered on Han and Luke and Leia. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think they're, they're passing the reins to the next generation, and I think that's appropriate. I just want to mm-hmm. see the old generation be wrapped up Mm-hmm. Well, I, I agree with you on that. And like I you said, we haven't got much of that so far. Right, and a little bit. I think that's kind of where I'm coming from. Is that, you know, I want to be able to say goodbye to these characters. I want to love the new characters, but I want a chance to, you know, have them have their proper send off. And mm-hmm. yeah, in a way, maybe Han, maybe he his was appropriate. Maybe it wasn't. I'm not 100% sure on that yet, but I, I still want that because that's my emotional connection to the movies is through those mm-hmm. characters. You know, maybe that's why I dislike oh, the for, for us, yes. For the new fans and the kids just coming to watch it, they, for them it's all going to be about the new characters. Right, and and I am going to go on a mini rant on that one. Um, okay, so <laughs> Christmas. Go up to my in-laws family's place, and there's 23 of us there. Almost everybody except me has seen Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody knows that I am the nerd, right? So they're like, Liberty, have you seen the Star Wars movie? I'm like, no, I'm hoping to go see it this weekend while we're up here, while the, the grandparents can watch the kids. And they're like, oh, well, you got to go see it. I'm so curious about what happened before now. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I almost brought my DVDs. And I did yeah. because nobody has ever shown any interest in Aww. my interest for the last 
10 years oh, or whatever it's been. And they're like, oh, no. oh, you should have brought the movies because we would watch them. And I'm like... <laughs> There's lots of hours of all that happened before. For, for those list, for those listening on the on the audio feed, I just slapped my head just as hard as I possibly could. So he's a little dizzy uh, right now. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's kind of, uh, and I forget where I was really going with that, but I I see where you're you, the new generation is going to be in to Raish. They're going to be into Finn. They're going to be into Poe. And it's you, those of us who are this age, and you know, maybe our kids because we're raising them to be the proper Star Wars fans that they should be. Yes. Uh, you know, those that really get the older movies are going to need that proper send-off. And I'm just ho- I just hope that Whoever's in charge of the next movie, and I don't know if if it's Abrams or if it's somebody else. Off the no, it's somebody. It's somebody different. Yeah, I think they're. I remember the guy's name, but. You know, I just hope they realize that the yes, they're trying to breed a new generation of fans. They need to make it appropriate for the older generation as well. And not that we're old. I'm I'm not going to say that, but you know, those of us who grew up on it need. Yeah. To be able to say our goodbyes to the old characters. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, on that note, that reminds me of another. That that does remind me of another problem that I had with the movie, and that's we get to know Luke Skywalker pretty good since he's the main character of episodes four, five, and six. Right. And all right, in this episode, before the Force Awakens happens, apparently one of his students, who's also his nephew turns to the dark side, it obviously gets him depressed, which I understand, but it's not in Luke's character to run away and hide and pout. It's in his character to do something else. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, be depressed, sure. Who wouldn't be? But to, mm-hmm. it's in Luke's character to do something about it. And maybe he is. We don't know yet. But on the other hand, why didn't he at least, you know, why do they have to spend this whole movie hunting for him, only for him to not say anything? We don't know anything about what's going on. So it's kind of hard to criticize that because we don't know anything about his story yet. Right. You know, that, and, that's the thing that everybody wants to know. Yeah, and, you know, I haven't I mean, really dealt with that that aspect of it yet because I'm still kind of processing it myself. But... Yeah. Something you said was it's not in his character to run off and pout about it. Yeah. Yet. But if he's talking to Obi-Wan and he's talking to Yoda, maybe they told him you need to go and wait for the Awakening. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. Mm-hmm. We, and there, again, there's like know. 500 different explanations that mm-hmm. explains his behavior. Right. But we don't even get hint at any of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really, even though it's kind of a, it's definitely a heavy thread in the movie, I don't think it's the main focus of the movie, though. I mean, really. I mean, it's there, and but we spend more time on Finn and Ray than we do on anything else. For this movie, I I kind of have had 
the thought that, again, you know, Luke's important in the Star Wars saga. Right. But for this movie, he's kind of a MacGuffin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. Because of his previous importance, and because also George Lucas has stated previously that Luke is the most powerful Jedi ever to ever be and then whoever will be. Now, granted, Disney is going to be separate from Lucas, whether that statement remains true in the new movies or not. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We have no information on yet, which, again, frustrating. Right. I can't really say this sucks or this is awesome yet because we know literally nothing about it yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if if that's what Lucas has said about Luke, considering the fact that he had to go to training after the strike at uh, Hoth, Mm-hmm. With, with Yoda and at that point he was barely able to move his lightsaber yeah and everything that Ray was able was to done with no training with no at training all. it makes me throw into question whether or not that's actually a true statement anymore because yeah. if she really yeah. is that pair off powerful where she can figure out how to mind control somebody they, yeah with no training with no training and do everything she was able to do with uh, manipulation of items that, you know, telepathy, telepathy, telekinesis, telekinesis. Telekinesis. Um, You know, that makes me wonder, is that statement true anymore? Because obviously she has a lot of power. Yeah, and of course the answer to that question is insufficient data. Exactly. Which is frustrating. Mm -hmm. See, Luke knows the answer, but... His larynx was damaged, so we... <laughs> I would probably fall out of my chair in the theater laughing if that turned out to be true. <laughs> oh, that's another mini rant too. In uh, in uh, Empire Strikes Back, he loses his hand. He gets a replacement robotic hand that looks natural. I mean, it has right. skin tone. It has color. You don't know, once they close up the little door on the back of it, you don't know it's not a human hand. What's right. up with the metal hand in the force? Did, did he get a downgrade in tech? Did he uh, it's it been and 30 years. Get it a couple more times and never get maintenance done on it? And What's up with it that? It only again, has a 10-year warranty, Karen. Yeah, that, that could be. But again, the answer to that question is insufficient data. <laughs> it's the sea salt. It ate away the skin on his arm. That that is a likely explanation. <laughs> but then why wasn't Our it thing road, man? I should I knew I should have gone to the extended warranty. <laughs> but no, three PO three PO and R two are both. Oh, it's not worth it anyway. I do have to do a rabbit trail uh, away from this uh, rant trail. <laughs> um, I really liked um, that. Um, 3PO's no, sorry, R2's part was kind of just subtle but still important. Right. I like yeah. that. But again, why he was shut down for so many years and then magically awoken at just the right do-sex mechanic in a moment, again, maybe when we find out why Luke went into hiding, Luke specifically told him to, I don't know, insufficient data. 
Mm-hmm. We'll, know, we'll, know, we'll know more to either rave or rant about the, once the next movie comes out. <laughs> right. Which, haven't they pushed that back later in the year now? Yep. Um, they pushed yep. it back because they didn't want to compete with summer blockbusters. Well, mm. well no, no. The, the official explanation is they wanted to give it more time. They don't want to compete with the summer blockbusters, blah, 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 blah. The real reason is they found out in 1977, when Star Wars came out, it created the summer blockbusters, along with a couple other movies, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. But it created the summer blockbuster trend. So May 4th has always been a Star Wars day, because Star Wars has always yeah, released in May. Right. Due to a variety of reasons, it came out at Christmas time, this time, and the latest movie trend right now is the big Christmas release. That's the one that makes all the movies. Disney pushed back the release date out of greed. Mm-hmm. That's not the official explanation, but yeah, that's the real reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they're and, just not wanting to. Which is sad for the, the Star Wars movie. tradition of always getting it out on May. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. it, it's a tradition that you know is nice, but we don't need it, I guess. And yeah. it does give them more time to polish the movie, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's it's but, also kind of sad to wait longer. Yeah, but we also have all these other nerd, movie, nerd movies that are coming out, too, in the next five years. And oh, all the Marvel, awesome. all the DC, everything. Enjoy else. them before the bubble bursts. Yeah, so yeah. maybe it's just because of that. And oh, yeah, definitely. Maybe they, they don't want to be putting some of their... They want to ride that cash cow until it drops the oh, from exact. Definitely, definitely. And honestly, who could blame them, you know? <laughs> So we've gone on for quite a while now. Uh, do we have any right. final thoughts? Oh, well, probably we, we could go for another hour or two. But... <laughs> Y'all um... could. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, I have no final thoughts. Oh, wow. I, I could cover, I, I could go on for, for a while, but I've said everything that I really wanted to say, I guess. Okay, well, we'll wrap this up then. Uh, This has been another episode of Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards, and we will see you next week with Jeff Gerke. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. And also with you. This has been another episode of Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. Have a question or comment? Email us at lasersdragonskeyboards at gmail.com. Our music is Flight of the Beast, Loop 1, by Jonathan Gear. Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards is copyrighted under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. This means if you're not for profit and you want to quote us, please be sure that you cite us. If you are for profit, please get our permission first. You can find us at lasersdragonsandkeyboards.wordpress.com for detailed show notes, as well as on facebook.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time.